0: This is Jim Laws along with Nat Ayers, and we're coming to you today on behalf of the Gospel is for All radio broadcast brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. Why not get your Bible and follow along with us today as we study from its pages? Nat and I are talking about a very important Bible subject. It is the fact of the integrity of God and the integrity of God's Word that we can truly depend. A modern man tries to depend on many things and everything creates insecurity in his mind but there is one thing we can depend on and that is God so that's our discussion for today we started this last week as we turned to second peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 10 that'll be the springboard for our lesson today second peter chapter 2 and as i suggested if you have your bible turn to that selection of scripture and we'll be reading it in just a moment If you don't have it, take pen and paper in hand and write some of these Bible passages down so that you can study them from the confines of your own home. Nat, I'm happy to be with you again today as we study this very important Bible subject. We're studying about the integrity of God and the integrity of God's Word. And our purpose is a plain and simple one, and that is to lead us all to the conviction that we can depend upon God's integrity. By that, we mean God always tells the truth. Uh, we can know that God tells the truth and whatever matter that is revealed in His Word, the Bible. There are a lot of things that we cannot have security in. Uh, you can't have security in the political systems today. There are so many different types, whether it be a democracy or socialism or a republic such as we enjoy here. Uh, you can't always have confidence in the government in which we live or which you live and then one thing that concerns us all is the uh, the generation of morality in our society uh the growing spirit of anarchy there's so many people who were uh, mad at each other mad about the government or mad about the different things that are facing they're facing in this world uh the race problems that we have today i doubt if there's a day that you turn the news on without finding some kind of issue that's race related And, of course, the nuclear weapons are always on the back burner. It's always on everyone's mind. What is North Korea going to do? What is China going to do? And today I noticed on the news how that the Russians are in Syria and how that they're very closely related to that and Turkey. So, you know, there's a lot of civil unrest in the world today, and people find problems in trying to find something that can be secure one thing we can be secure about, and that is the integrity of God and the integrity of God's Word. And I invite your attention to 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept unto the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Behold, and willful they do not tremble, as they blaspheme the glorious ones." I went ahead and read that whole section. I read for you today 2 Peter chapter 2. I started at verse 4 and read through verse 10. And the argument that's being presented in the passage, which is the basis of our discussions, is the idea that God means what he says with regard to the conditions set forth, the promise of blessings that he has, and the warnings that he he gives us. And we can have confidence in that. God does not change. He warned the angels, but yet they sinned, and he condemned them. Uh, The ancient people, such as Adam in Genesis 2 and 3, the people of Noah's day, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. He talked about the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the people of Israel. We could talk about Nadab and Abihu and people such as Uzzah. When God gives a warning, He expects that to be heeded. And when God says, this will produce a blessing for you, then He expects us to follow it. Now that certainly is true relative to the matter of remission of sins. Nat, that's where we were when we left off. We were in Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to ask you to turn to that Bible passage, Matthew seven thirteen and 14, as we continue our discussion today about the integrity, the honesty, and the straightforwardness of God and His Word. If God is straightforward and unchanging in His dealings and in His Word, then we can count on God to mean what He says with regard to remission of sins and the terms of salvation. If we heed that, then we can expect to receive the blessings of God. If we do not, then we can expect to receive the condemnation of God. So Nat, let's go to Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14, and let's read that today in light of our present discussion and see what the Bible has to say for us.
1: Thank you, Jim. Uh, It's good to be with you and As we discuss this uh, important topic in Matthew 7, uh, 13, uh, definitely talks about this, Um, you know, I I can't help but think about the world that we live in and the religious world we live in today. Uh, I don't know what percentage or what the number would be of of, uh, religious uh, believers that would say, you know, all that all that believe in the name of Jesus will be saved uh, that that uh, that basically to acknowledge the fact that there was a man named Christ that he was the son of God and that you believe that he lived is enough uh for salvation but we're told in the bible a, a different um story the world would say there are going to be very few lost. Just maybe, maybe the most corrupt of uh, of society will be lost. Maybe just the small fraction of deviance and maybe uh, hardened criminals. Maybe those type of people, perhaps, will be lost. But we're given a um, a different look, um, a different uh, if you would. Um, Scenario here in the Bible, uh, Matthew seven paints a totally different picture than really what the religious world uh, sees and views today. And so we, which is which is correct? Does the world have it right, or is the word right? And. Uh, if our faith is based in God's word, then we need to go to the wor- word for our answer and, and forget what the world has to say, but we need to look at God's word. So let's look at that, Matthew seven thirteen and let's find out what God has to say about those uh, who uh, will be saved. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many." For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now, the life we're talking about there in 14 is eternal life. It's life with Christ in in heaven. Um, But we see that that there are going to be many slotted for destruction in verse 13. And that that the way to that destruction is wide. uh, It's easy. It's the path that... Many are most are gonna take uh in this life uh many choose the easy way, the worldly way, and uh, we've talked about this uh Jim you've talked about this in sermons uh we've talked about it here, you know there are many uh religious groups, churches, if you would, that uh have uh quit talking about the word repentance that they've basically left that off of of uh, what they believe salvation is uh, based on. And uh, this come as you are, there's no need to change. God will accept you right where you are. Uh, you just come to come to the cross and he'll accept you how you are, and you don't have to change. Well, uh, re- we all have to repent or we're going to all likewise perish, Luke 13.3. And the easy way, the reason it's easy is because it doesn't require... Any change, it doesn't require us to change ourselves. We can keep going down this easy path without having to change who we are, what we do in order to please God. Well, that way is going to lead to destruction. But the narrow way is hard. It's going to require repentance. It's going to require change in our lives, uh, devotion to God. And we see at the very end of that verse that there are just going to be a few that find it, that find that narrow way. That find the way that leads to eternal life. Jim, I want to be a part of that for you. And I realize that it takes work. It takes uh, uh, making sure I'm doing what I need to do to please
0: God through repentance. That's so true, Ned. And I think you make a, a very good point that we need to emphasize, and that is... This is not the popular idea. No. Nope. Uh, the popular idea today is everybody's going to be yeah. saved, you know. And I, I think you um, uh, made that point maybe last week yeah. and again this week that you know there was there's an old saying: all dogs go to hell. They even
1: made a Disney movie about it that all good dogs go to yeah, heaven. Something you know? like yeah, something like that.
0: That's right. And. <laughs> and we think that way about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, the popular view is all of us going to go. We just yeah. have to be religious. Yeah. And I talked to a fellow on the phone one time a number of years back and talking to him about uh, uh, the need for him to attend worship service. And he said, well, don't worry. We'll do something religious. I mean, the idea is as long as I do something religious, I'm okay. As mm-hmm. long as I, I do something, wow. God's going to accept that and be pleased with it. But I think as you well pointed out here the passage of Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 it's easy to go to destruction but it's going to be hard the other way is narrow it it requires self-discipline it requires self-discipline of thought self-discipline of conduct to be pleasing in the sight of God God doesn't have that kind of attitude a certain kind of conduct is required a, a certain kind of attitude is required and the New Testament Christianity is restrictive and exclusive. Yeah, it, it is not a bri- broad, wide-open way. Right. And that's the point that we're seeing in the Sermon on the Mount, which really is a very popular sermon among people with regard to Jesus. Uh, they love the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. but I don't know if they've really studied it <laughs> carefully right. like they should because what Jesus is saying here is that there is a narrow way and few there be that that's find right. it. I was studying with one a person one time, And they kept saying, you mean to say that all these millions and millions of people are going to be lost? I said, well, it's really God's judgment that is going to take place, not mine. All I'm doing is pointing out what the Bible says, and the Bible does say, few there be that find it. That's the narrow way and the blessing at the end of it. Well, Nat, go ahead. Now, let's stay with Matthew chapter 7 as we're considering the matter. Let's go ahead and consider verses 21 through 23, and see what we find there with regard to this matter sure. of we must depend upon God. We must depend upon God's word. God means what he says. And specifically, we're saying he means what he says with the terms and requirements of salvation. Absolutely.
1: You know, before I hit 21, you know, Jim, how many times in, in your teaching and preaching, you know, when you say, look, you know, this is the way it is. This is what God's word has to say. If you want to be saved, you better abide in this. And you hear the words, "Well, that sure is narrow-minded of you to yeah. think only yeah. you yeah. know only those that obey the gospel are going to go to heaven. Only those yeah. that uh, are baptized into Christ are, are going to receive uh, the blessing." That's awful narrow of you. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's go back to this path. Narrow is the way. It is a narrow. You're right. Yeah. It's exclusive. Yeah. It's yeah. narrow. Right. right. I want to be in that exclusive narrow group. I want to be in the few that Jesus talks about. Absolutely. All right, 21. You know, when we look at passages uh, that Christ uh, spoke and and preached, of course this is uh, the ending of uh, his Sermon on the Mount, there are a few, there's a a few of those passages that he preaches that make you get a hold and hold of something to think, man. This is, you better pay attention to what yeah, he has to yeah. say. here. And this yeah. is a passage right Good here point. because yeah. there are going to be people crying out what he has to say here. Mm-hmm. And and listen to his words carefully. I don't want to hear uh, what he has to say right here in twenty one. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, now listen to this. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do uh, many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, Jim, I see sincere people here. I see people maybe in reading this, who have devoted their lives in a spiritual way, in a religious way, to doing things in the name of Jesus, for Jesus, but yet he still sends them away uh, unjustified, that they are not going to receive the blessing of heaven. And uh, you you see here, we did these things in your name. In verse 22, we cast out demons we prophesied did many mighty works. These are sincerely religious people. I don't see these as the vile and corrupt of society. I don't see these people as as those who are just murderers and and th- these are people that were religious. These people that were were uh, spiritual in nature, but they didn't abide in God's word. They didn't do what God asked them to do. They worked lawlessness, and so um, you know this is one of those passages that really make you pay attention. Am I one of those that are going to say, "Well, I did all these great things, but it not matter for anything because it it, it didn't it didn't have anything to do with what God asked me to do?"
0: Well, see, so you're right, Nat. It's a it's a thought provoking passage. Um, uh, you're right about saying it does grip us and gets our attention. We're it's, in Matthew chapter seven, and we're Dealing now with Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three, and we're saying that God means what He says about this particular matter. I think you're right. I think you have religious-minded people here. Yes, but they are rejected by Christ because they didn't follow the authority of That's Christ. That's right. They didn't accept Him. They didn't either. They didn't do what He said, or they didn't do it the way He said do it. Yeah. Uh, and they said, "Well, hey, look, we did some good things here." Yeah. Uh, and I can point to. I think I could point to any person. Uh, There might be an exception to that, but I think I could point to any person and say, you know, he did a good thing there. Right. Everybody's capable of doing some good things. Right. Um, Even the meanest, the baddest of the culture and the society, I'm sure there's some thing, he probably was good to his mother or good to his children or whatever. Uh, You can always find some good that a person has done. But that in and of itself does not follow the word of God. He is saying, they didn't follow my authority. They didn't accept me as authoritative. I'm the one who is the Lord of heaven and earth, and Jesus is saying of himself, and that um, it is his word that must be followed. Notice how he says there, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now see, right there is an important matter, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. They didn't follow the authority of Christ. And uh, they thought, well, you know, I've been very religious. I've been good to my wife, and I've been good to the children. i paid the bills, and I'm a respectable person in the community. I actually go to church sometimes. But that is not enough to be pleasing in the sight of God. Does God mean what he says or not? That's our point. Uh, Can we have confidence in the Word of God? Uh, We can't have confidence in anything else, can we truly have confidence in him? And the reason these people were rejected in verse 23, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness or iniquity, is that they didn't follow the authority of Christ.
1: You know, Jim, what if it's as simple as if you're not in Christ, whether the things you're doing line up with with uh, Jesus' will or not also, If you're not in Christ, they're all for naught. All the good things that sincere religious people do in their lives, some of them live and die doing things they think for Christ. But if they have never obeyed the gospel and been put into Christ, into the Lord's church, then they're going to hear these words, Jim. That's right. Uh, right. uh, It doesn't matter that they've spent their life doing good in the name of Christ. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I've I've often heard about what are the about all those people who have uh, died, uh, you know, proclaiming Christ, but they haven't necessarily obeyed the gospel. What the, you know, what's going to what well, they're going to this is this is that scenario. Yeah. Sincerely, yeah. religious people are going to hear the words mm-hmm. depart from me because they didn't obey the gospel. They didn't put on Christ, and that's what you're talking about. They didn't obey the will of God.
0: Does Jesus mean what he says or not? Yes, yes. Does he mean it or not? It's hard to get people to come to the point. Does he mean what he says, or does he not mean what he says? Our point is you can have confidence in what he says. Yes. If he says it, he means it. Yes. He means it concerning the blessings to be received, the warnings to be heeded. And in our present discussion, he's talking about the conditions to be met. Yep. We have got to be obedient to the gospel in order to receive his blessings. And, you yes. know,
1: it, it, we've talked about culture. We've talked about time. Those things, it doesn't, it doesn't change. Uh, Hebrews uh, 13, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. So we can commonly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear him. What can man do to me? And then in verse 8 it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. And forever, yes. You know, his word's not going to change. The word he spoke two thousand years ago yeah. holds water yeah. today. It is yeah. the same today. It holds the same judgment today, yeah. and uh it's not going to ever change.
0: At thirteen eight, Hebrews thirteen eight yes. passage is one to keep in mind. That's right. The nature of God, his word is still the same. Yes, Nat. Let's keep this thought in mind. Let's go to another paragraph and. I'll have you read it and then make comment for us. It's found for us, verse 24. We're in Matthew chapter 7. We're looking at the point about the integrity of the Word of God. You can have confidence in God's Word. He means what He says. We need to take it to heart. Uh, We need to take the conditions of salvation to heart. And the point is that no one can become a Christian without meeting the conditions set forth in God's Word. God means what He says here. All right, now, Nat, read for us, if you would, just a couple of verses sure. here, verses 24 through 27. Those of you who are following along on the Internet, I hope you're turning to Matthew chapter 7. It's uh, at the concluding moments of the Lord's Sermon on the Mount. And let's see what Jesus has sure. to say relative to this point.
1: Sure. You know, Jim, uh, the, we really need to study the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And like you said, there's so many people say, oh, I love the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. But do you really get the gist of what he's saying in the Sermon on the right, Mount? Right. Are we really studying it out? You know, I think a lot of times people paint Jesus with this passive brushstroke, that he's a passive, sweet uh, 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 little lamb of a of a God. And yes, he is loving. Yes, he is kind. But he means what he says. Absolutely. And uh, this passage here talks about the the two sides of that coin. So let's look at that everyone then then who hears me or hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock and the, rock, the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it and jim i see two scenarios here of of two different men almost identical stories it took the same energy maybe the same supplies the same uh time in their lives to build these houses you know it took it took a life to build these houses but the important part was where they built those houses the foundation of where they laid those houses. This other man labored on that house just like the wise man did, but he built it on the wrong place. He bu- he built it on a, the on a shaky foundation. Yeah. But he spent his life doing it. He, he was sincere about his house. He built a house. Right. The other man built a house and then used energy and time and resources. But he built it on the right foundation, and that house withstood. We're going to labor in our lives. Uh, uh, every one of us spend our lives working for for things, working for jobs, working for this, working for that. But it, what is going to matter in the end is what have you built your life on? Yeah. Have you built it on the right foundation? Because at the end, you're going to build a house. But is it going to weather the storm? Is it going to is it going to be destroyed, or is it going to survive? Uh, it matters where we build our house,
0: and it better be on Christ. That's right. In fact. As you were pointing that out, where does it say that great was the fall thereof? Yeah. That house is going to fall. That's You're building right. a house, like you That's pointed right. out. You're building a house either on the word of God or on the word of man or yeah. the feelings of our culture and society, and the rain's going to come. I remember reading about this passage where some people um, actually built. Houses in the dry season in these wadis. A wadi is a
1: yeah.
0: uh, shallow river where it goes dry in the summertime. And when you build a house in a wadi or a dry riverbed in the summertime, there's going to come the wintertime when all that rain's going to come, and the house is going to be washed away. That's right. Whereas a person, another person, <laughs> may build their house more on a solid rock, yeah. higher up on higher ground, better ground. And even though it is a harder place to build and and harder to maintain, still when the rains come at last. And I think that helped me understand what Jesus was saying in this paragraph. If you are going to go by the way of the world, the broad way, the easy way, uh, if you're going to do things your way rather than by the authority of Christ, then when the rains do come and the problems of life do fall upon us, it'll never stand. The life will never stand and never stand in the day of the judgment. That's right. Uh, whereas if we look at the narrow way, the restricted way which God has given, the self-controlled way, yeah. following the authority of Christ in our life and in our deportment, uh, then when the judgment day does come, then the house will stand or our life will be pleasing and acceptable in sight of God. The choice is ours. Now, we can depend upon this. We can depend upon this particular matter in life. Yep. Uh, this is sure. This is certain. There's a lot in life that is not sure. We are very insecure about the life that we live and the yep. aspects of life in our experiences. But this could, we can count on, and that is God's Word is always sure, and we can count on Him bringing that about. Absolutely. Well, Jim,
1: uh, our time is just about up. It, it doesn't take very long to get to <laughs> get a few passages read and talked about, but uh, we're going to keep talking about this uh, great uh, set of uh, lessons of, of uh, exactly God means what He says. When God tells us to do something, He means it. But also, when God gives you His Word and His promise, uh, for something better for for heaven that awaits us, if you do what you say you 're going to do i I guarantee you God is going to keep his word and and for those of that are, remain faithful, you can bank on your crown of life. Uh, we look forward to that day once you join us again next week as we discuss this important matter.